Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Uh, Let's just try that again. (laughs) Are you ready for the Word of God this morning? Excellent. I love that. Excellent. Cool. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Gary, along with my lovely wife, Jane. We pastor the church here, have a phenomenally great group of people around about us. Um, They are just so, so wonderful. We really appreciate their love, their leadership, and uh, all that God's doing in and through them. So just uh, want to say welcome to Infuse Church today. Uh, The title of my message this morning is The Ways of Life. Everyone say that with me. The Ways of Life. The Ways of Life. Last Sunday I uh, spoke a message called Soar in Life. There might be a bit of a common theme running through this stuff. Uh, so it was soaring in life. And it's where I provided a tool for us all that would help us to be positioned in the best place from which we'll be able to respond to anything that comes our way. To soar, S-O-A-R is what I'm talking about, is choosing and then sticking to a Bible reading plan and encountering God as we read his word and then journaling our encounter with him. So this year I've uh, decided that uh, my Bible reading plan throughout the year will be based in the Amplified Bible. So that's my new Amplified Bible. Uh, I'm finding new places in the Bible uh, all the, every day because it's a new Bible. So you know how You've got your old favorite Bible, you know exactly where everything is. Well, it's a whole new brand new experience for me. I've got to go on a hunt and uh, I haven't yet had to go to the contents to find out where a particular book of the Bible is, but we're working on it. So uh, uh, that's what I'm doing. Uh, like That's the Bible that I'm using. Uh, the Bible reading plan that I'm doing is called the Discipleship Journal Bible Reading Plan. It's a whole of the year Bible reading plan. And it takes me through the entire Bible through in 12 months. And that ensures that I don't just pick the favorite bits that I like, uh, but I actually get the whole Bible, the the balanced view of the Word of God. So uh, just wanted to commend that to you. So to help you a little bit this morning, SOAR, S-O-A-R, this is what it means. It means like the S of uh, SOAR is for Scripture. So in our journal, when we're reading a piece of Scripture, we write down a particular scripture that just jumps out to us. The O of soar is observation. So just, you know, you're meditating on it. What is it saying to you? Who's it being said to, etc.? The A is for application. How does this particular piece of scripture apply to my life? And then the R is a response. I write out my response, a prayer that I might like God to answer or to talk to him about in that particular piece of scripture. If you missed that message last week, I would encourage you to have a look at it. It's on our YouTube channel and you can see it to your heart's content and it gives a better understanding of what we're talking about today. So today, what I felt like I wanted to do was actually to give you an example of how sore doing this this soaring with God can actually have an impact in your day and in your life. Because this morning's message has come out of me spending time with God, soaring with God on Monday during the week that we've just gone through. And this is the the passage that I was reading at the time. It was in Acts chapter 2. And I just want to highlight some things out of it. So Acts chapter 2 verse 28, it says this, You've made known to me the ways of life. You've made known to me the ways of life. You'll enrapture me, diffusing my soul with joy 
with and in your presence. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation to understand who you are, what you've done for us, and how our lives can be enriched and transformed by your word coming alive within us. I pray for the active, powerful word of God to resonate within us and bring about a change in our lives today through seeing the ways of life that you've made available to us. And I pray that in Jesus' name today. As I read this particular piece of scripture, I was drawn to the phrase, you've made known to me the ways of life, the ways of life. God's made known to us. This is not a secret. This is something he wants us to know and it's something he wants us to walk in. He's made known to us, he's made known to me, the ways of life. As I began to think about this, this particular phrase, a heap of questions just jumped into my mind as I began to think about it. What are the ways of life? How many are there? What sort of life are we talking about here? How do I position myself to live in those ways? Where do I go in the Bible to find out where it talks about those ways and many more? Now I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to answer all of those questions today. And in fact, you probably can come up with some better uh, questions that I could come up with about this particular passage. However, what I want to do this morning is to take a brief tour through the book of Acts chapter 2 because I believe that something powerful was happening here and it definitely includes the ways of life. So Acts chapter 2. Verses 1 to 47 is the passage that we're talking about. And you can read that in your own time. In fact, here's some homework for you, okay? Yes, you did come to school. Yes, I am going to set you some homework. And no, I won't be marking it at the end of the week. So, because I, I think it'd be great for you to do this. So the, the, this particular passage is the account of the day of Pentecost. The homework, by the way, is to read Acts chapter 2. I thought I'd better tell you what it is since I've said I'm going to give you some homework. Um, so it's, it's about the, the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the disciples and the early church is birthed. It tells us what happened to the believers. Uh, a lot, things like tongues of fire came to set, settle upon them. There was a, a mighty rushing wind. They were speaking in tongues and praising God. Uh, and there was also people who, who were acting as though drunk. And then Peter gets up. This, this person who constantly loved the taste of leather because he constantly had his foot in his mouth. So, you know, if it wasn't the left foot, he'd swap it for the right foot at various times in his walk with Jesus because he just loved to, to just put his foot in his mouth. So Peter here, in an, an incredible moment, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, feeling the Spirit of God just speak through him, gets up, and gives this address, incredible address, to the people that are standing before him and who are in hearing distance. He gets up and he says, these are not drunk as you suppose, this is that. This is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel in the Old Testament. This this is something that's powerful. The, The Spirit of God is being poured out. And then Peter goes on to tell the whole crowd about Jesus, about his powerful miracles and his words of life. Peter tells them about Jesus' arrest, his crucifixion, his death, 
his resurrection, and then his ascension up to heaven. But then he really nails down on the whole point of what he's talking about here. And in verse 36, Peter says to the crowd, he says, let the whole house of Israel recognize beyond all doubt and acknowledge assuredly that God has made him both Lord and Christ, the Messiah, this Jesus whom you crucified. He's up in their grill. He's in their face. He's just shirt-fronted them with a powerful truth and it's cut them to the heart. It's got right into their very heart. And these people who are listening to him speak say, brothers, what are we to do? And it's here that I believe that Peter starts to unfold what the ways of life are all about. Peter points to the people in the crowd uh, to, the, to the ways of life, to Jesus, the Messiah, to our Saviour, our Lord. And in essence, what Peter, Peter does is to give the people a choice that needs to be made. And that choice is given to every single living person on the planet Earth. There is not a single person that is exempt from having to make this choice in life. He gives them the choice of living with Christ or living without Christ. That's the choice that we are all faced with in life. And the majority of us here today have made the choice to live with Christ. It says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, He who has the Son, by accepting Him as Lord and Saviour, has life that is eternal. He who does not have the Son, by personal faith, does not have the life. See, life without Christ, there's another way of saying this. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, there's a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but at the end of it, it's the way of death. That's it. That's what the gospel can be summed up about. It's about a choice that we get to make, life with Christ or life without Christ. That's the choice that we are all faced with in life. There is no sitting on the fence. There is no grey area that you can sneak through the gaps. There's no get out of jail free card on this one. There is a choice that needs to be made. Either we will live in Christ or we won't. Can I tell you that Peter isn't the first one to talk about having to make a choice. Jesus gave Peter and Andrew, John and James, the very same choice as he called them to follow him. This is why I've really enjoyed the, uh, discovering uh, new ways of reading the Word of God through the Amplified Bible. What you see up in brackets up on the screen as a part of these scriptures, this is written in the, the all I've done is copied and pasted. I've not added anything here. So what you see up on the screen, it helps me to understand things to a whole new level. I've started to see things. I thought, well, I've never thought that before. I've never seen that before. That's really excited me. That's really challenged me. So uh, this is the beauty of doing a, a, a devotion, like using it. This is what I take this straight from Haley this morning. She, like, like maybe a year ago or something like that, she said what she likes to do is to do a read through the whole Bible but use a new translation every year. What an incredibly good idea. So I thought, I'm copying that. So the more I say that, I'm going to say, well, as I've always said, I've got this. 
I won't go there now. <clears throat> so Matthew chapter 4, I just got off track there, I'm sorry about that. Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 to 20. And this is where I'm talking about that Jesus gave Peter and Andrew, James and John, the very same choice. He says, Jesus says to them, Follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking the same path of life that I walk. What an incredibly great coincidence that is. I don't believe in coincidences. I do believe in God incidences. He says, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. These are the ways of life. These are the ways of life. It's the same path of life that Jesus walked. It's about believing Jesus, trusting Jesus, and following his example. That is the path that leads to life. When Peter spoke to the crowd in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, he cut to the heart of the matter because the matter of the, uh, the issue is always about the heart. Sometimes God will actually offend your mind to see what's in your heart. Someone somewhere will say something to you and your reaction to that is God saying to you, this is what's in your heart. What are you going to do about that? He's always interested in our heart. The things that happened to us, that person that cut you off when you were driving down the freeway, that person that says something that challenges you, that person that, that does something that hurts you. Sometimes God's doing something to offend up here to see what's in here. Do you catch what I'm saying this morning? Because it's an issue of the heart. So Peter answers the question here that people are asking. What are we to do, they said. They're cut to the heart. What are we to do? How do we get this life that you're speaking of? <clears throat> and isn't that the same question that people ask today? How do I really live? How do I access the ways of a better life? A life that's not so fraught with pain and hurt, offenses and, and difficulty and and things like that. People are wanting to know the answers to these questions. And there's a pathway through life that God has made known to us that's in our capacity to tell people about. But we'll get to that later. See, what I believe that Peter does is he, he provides keys that empower us to access the ways of life. They are made known to us through Peter himself. Because I believe that he actually explains to us what the ways of life are in the next few verses. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, it says this. So this is the answer to the question that they've asked to Peter. What do we do about this? Peter answered them and he says, repent. He says, change your old way of thinking. 
Turn from your sinful ways. Accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah and be baptized, each of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of and the release from your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I love this verse. It is rich. It is full. It's pregnant with promise. It's, it gives us a, a roadmap to follow, to get to, to live out the ways of life. It, I've spent time thinking about this because I believe it really does hold the keys of life for us. It, first of all, it says repent. You know what? Skyhooks. Now I'm going to show my age here. Skyhooks. They sang a song. Ego is a dirty word. I have it that goes, you know, like ego. Eagle. Not a dirty word. It's not a dirty word. There you go. So, but sadly, people think that, you know, repent is a dirty word. They think it's, you know, just a a horrible word. Well, why do I have to repent? People think it's old school language. People think, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. We're a progressive church. We're a progressive Christian. You know, um, well, I don't think that. I think this is an incredibly powerful word that leads to life. Repent is a word that accesses and leads us to life. It's a a word that's powerful. It's rich. It represents for us so much. So what is repentance? Well, Peter answers the question. Peter says it's to change your old way of thinking, turn from your sinful ways, to accept and follow Jesus as the Messiah. Repentance is renewing our minds. It's our ways for his ways. Repentance is turning from our ways and following God's way. Repentance is accepting and following Jesus as the Messiah. And like Matthew tells us, it's believing and trusting and following Jesus' example. Does that not put a quiver in someone's liver? I mean, like, does that not like resonate with you? Is that something that doesn't excite you and just put a, a rev in your in your, your your right foot so that you're... Well, it just might be me. I don't know. Repentance, I believe, is a threefold thing. It affects our thinking. It affects our hearts. And it's seen in the effects of how we then live our lives by understanding what God wants us to do. Because the way we live is a reflection of how we believe. And repentance helps us to believe right because we are facing God and following him and his ways. The ways of life are through identifying with the life, death and resurrection of Christ as we go through the waters of baptism. I'm so excited about next Sunday and the water baptism service we're going to have down at the beach. I'm really excited it's going to be kicked off with the youth fundraiser, the barbecue thing. You know what, Jane and I, we're going to sponsor kids for this. We're going to get behind this and get in. I want the next generation of kids coming through this church to know all about Jesus. And one of the great ways that they can do that is through a shared experience in a youth camp that's Christian run. And they're going to find out about Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and his word through people leading them on those. That's an investment into the future of future generations. And Jane and I will be sponsoring Two kids right now. I'm going to say that two kids. We're going to sponsor two kids, Dean. Put us down for two kids. Anyone else want to join me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's other people. We're going to get behind this. 
Because there's a generation that needs to know about Jesus. We've got six people already going to do that. If you're in here and you, uh, you're going to be a part of this, uh, for all the, the youth people that are going to be baptized in water next Sunday, I'm going to be asking the fathers to help me baptize the kids. Because I believe it's, I want this to be something powerful to the families. See, the ways of life are through the gift of the Holy Spirit. We cannot follow the example of Jesus without the presence and the power and the purpose of the Holy Spirit working through us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the the ends, the very bounds of the earth. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh fire in us. We need a fresh touch. We need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit to fire us up, to be able to live out the ways of life that God is is putting out before us. It's not just for us. It's for the people all around about us. It's for the people we're living next door to. It's for our community. Our community needs a group of believers who are filled with the Spirit of God going out in the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost to bring life and freedom into this community. Peter led about 3,000 people to a new life in Christ that day. 3,000 people choose to follow the ways of life In Christ, the world has never been the same ever since. What happens when people choose to follow the ways of life? Well, Luke, who is the author of the book of Acts, he tells us what happened to these believers when they gave their hearts to Christ, when they chose to to live life in Christ. This was the result. In Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And I love this. It says this. They were continually, faithfully devoting themselves. They were continually. In other words, this was our life in Christ is not a single decision or a moment in time. But it is a completely embracing of a new life in Christ and walking that life out, making that decision every single day to follow Jesus. It's not a moment in time. It's not a moment. It's not a date in your diary. It just tells you your, your, your date of birth when you, you, you come to life in Christ. But this is a decision that we make every continually. We continually and faithfully devote ourselves. These guys, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had a need. Every day, they every day, is there something here that's, there's a flow through here? Every day, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. And enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the birth of the early church. 
And us being here today is a testament to the continual and faithful devotion of those believers in the book of Acts. Because they were faithful and continual in getting together and doing these things, we stand as fruit of their lives today. Who's going to be standing here tomorrow because of our lives being continual and faithfully devoted to Jesus? What about next week? What about these youth that are going on this camp? Is our life going to make a difference in their lives? The ways of life could be seen in this passage as they worshipped, as they fellowshipped, as they were discipled, as they served, and as they reached out to the people around about them. Acts chapter 5, verses 42, it says this, And every single day, every single day, both in the temple area and in their home, so what you saw up in public, they were what the same thing in private. That's a challenge right there. So every single day, both in the temple area and in homes, they did not stop teaching and telling the good news of Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. The goal of following, of choosing the ways of life is this. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, For you bring me a continual revelation of resurrection life, the path to the bliss that brings me face to face with you. That's the goal of a a ways in life, that we come face to face with the God of gods, the glorious one, the living God, the, the God most high. The one that loves us with passion, with his very life and has poured out his grace upon us. As I wrap this up, this message, I pray, has a twofold purpose to you today. That's what I wanted to come from this message today. The first purpose was this, to inspire us all to soar with God every day. This message was birthed in the seed of a verse that I read whilst soaring last Monday. What could the Holy Spirit say to us? As we saw with Him each day, spending time with Him as He strengthens, encourages and empowers us each day. Secondly, the second purpose for this message is this, to walk in the ways of Christ, to walk in the ways of life in Christ, to walk in the ways of life in Christ. We renew our minds, turning our backs on our old ways of living, becoming passionate followers of Jesus. Is there any passionate followers of Jesus here this morning? They're passionate followers of Jesus. The thing that speaks to our community is passion, is people who are sold out to an ideal or a person. You see things getting great traction in today's society because there's people of passion that are willing to get behind it. Where are the Christians? Where are we? Who's going to go on the walk of life in February to stand up for the lives of innocent people? 
the kids that, that can't speak for themselves. Someone's got to stand up and, and have a voice for the innocent. Becoming passionate followers of Jesus, being baptised in water and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may be asking this question today. When I talk about the ways of life, what's in it for me? <laughs> That's a great question. It's a great question. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with asking that question. Absolutely nothing wrong with us. King David asked the very same question. If I kill Goliath, what's in it for me? Read your Bible. It's there. Oh, I never thought King David would say that. Well, absolutely he did. Because I'll tell you what, when you put your life on the line, you want to make sure that it's worth it. Because I want to put my life on, line, on the line for the gospel. There are people today in our world whose lives are on the line and they are losing their lives for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what's in it for me? Here, I'm going to fly through this and then I'm done. The way of life in Christ is radiant. In, in John chapter 1 verse 4, in him was life and the power to bestow life and the life was the light of men. We live radiant lives with him in us. The way of life in Christ is abundant. John 10.10 10 says, the thief comes only to kill and to steal and to destroy. I came that you may have life and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Life, you know, the way of life in Christ is truly living. John 11. 11.25 says, Jesus said to her, I am myself the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in, adheres to, trusts in and relies on me, although he may die, yet shall he live. Now, the way of life in Christ is that uh, he's the way, the truth and the life. John 14 verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The, the way of life in Christ is everlasting. In Romans 5 verse 21, it says, So that as sin reigned in death, so also grace would reign through righteousness, which brings eternal life through Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ our Lord. And then the way of life in Christ is Jesus himself. 1 John 5 verses 11 to 12 says, This is the testimony in essence. God gave us eternal life. The life is in His Son. So whoever has the Son has life. Whoever rejects the Son rejects life. That's why you're doing this. That's what's in it for you. Having all of those things accessed in your life. So as we saw, as we walk in the ways of life, just maybe, just maybe, 2021 will be the year that we break through into new dimensions of God's presence, encountering Him in new ways and seeing people that we love and, and, and give our care, our care to, uh, seeing them and experience God in their lives as well. If nothing else, if nothing else, what I do know is this, that as we saw with God each day, that as we choose to walk the ways of life in Christ, that we will be positioning ourselves in the one place, the presence of God, so that we can then respond to anything that comes our way in life. Just hold your hands out.
This morning I really believe there is a way of life that God is asking us to pursue. It's to follow His example, to believe in Him, to trust in Him, to follow His example. And it starts with repentance. Repentance is not a bad thing. It's one of the most liberating, transforming things that you'll ever do. Because you're choos- choosing in that moment to turn from your way to pursue God's way. And I'm simply saying to us today, you know you better than I do. Is there something that you need to turn away from where you've struggled in some areas? Just simply saying, God, today I choose to turn and face you and follow you. Not to follow the things that have led me astray, led me away from your path, but to choose this morning that I'm going to follow you and follow your pathway, your example. Is there, if there's something, just you between you and God in this moment, just make it right with God. Simple prayer saying, Father, I ask you to forgive me of living my way and today I choose to follow you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to follow you. Thank you for setting me on the path that leads to life. And his name is Jesus. Just between you and God right there. Just going to give a moment for you to do this. Thank you, Father. Right now, I I believe that there is a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit available. A new experience, a fresh fire, a fresh wind, a fresh tongue, a fresh power, a fresh presence for you to experience this morning. What a great way to start the year with a fresh baptism of the Spirit of God, a fresh hunger for the Word of God, a fresh desire to be in the presence of God and to soar with Jesus every single day. Is there anybody here this morning that you simply want a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning? Just put your hand up. Yes, yes, yes. My hand's up. I want this. I want this. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to baptise us afresh with a fresh spirit of baptism. It was fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a fresh outpouring, a fresh touch, a fresh fire, a fresh wind, a fresh rain of God in our lives today that we can walk forward following the very example of Jesus Christ who healed people, set people free, who raised the dead, caused blind eyes to be opened, deaf ears to 
to be open, the dumb to be able to, to talk, for the lame to walk, for the dead to be raised. Father, I pray that we would follow in the example of Jesus with words of life and not of death, with words of freedom, with words of liberation, with words that open prison doors, with words that, that create a, a, a just an open heaven over people's lives in the name of Jesus. And I pray for a fresh outpouring of Your Spirit today upon us all. I'm hungry, thirsty for what You want to do. In the name of Jesus, baptise us afresh in Your Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Father. And in this moment, I want to give an opportunity for a completely fresh start for some people. I don't know everybody here. I don't know where you stand in so far as having ever committed to your life to Christ. But I want to give you an opportunity today to have a fresh relationship with Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, who came because He loves you, because He cares about you, and because He wants you to spend eternity with God the Father. Is there anybody here this morning You've never asked Jesus to be a part of your life. Maybe you're watching online. You've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, but today is your day. You have met with Jesus today through this message. He has got a pathway for you that leads to life and life eternal. He's made the way. He is the way that you need. So right now, is there anybody here? You just want to give your heart to Jesus. You've never done it before, but you want to do it this morning. Just put your hand up right now so that I can see it and and can I I just know who I'm going to be praying for. Is there anyone? If you're online and watching this, put a means of us contacting you uh, on the comments section, whether it's a phone number or an email address. Let us know who you are because we want to touch base with you. We want to give you some resources to be able to start you on your life with Christ. Anyone here this morning want to give their heart to Christ this morning? Anyone want to give their heart to Jesus? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word today. Thank you for the liberation, the liberty, the freedom that we have in you. And I thank you that we can all pursue the ways of life that you have for us in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father.